Welcome to Oliver's Growth Series, where we discover how brands are driving growth, fame and purpose from inside their organisations in 2021. Sector by sector, capability by capability, we'll explore how the world's most innovative companies are meeting fresh challenges, achieving profitability and accelerating technology as well as operations to meet new consumer demands today. For those of you that don't know us, Oliver is the only company in the world to exclusively design, build and run bespoke in-house agencies and ecosystems for brands. We were recently ranked number one in Adweek's fastest growing list, having grown an amazing 380% across the US in the last three years. We believe that growth can only happen inside a brand or organization. And it seems that the world is beginning to see it the same way, with 78% of brands now having some form of in-house marketing operation. The subjects of our interviews aren't necessarily clients or even in-housing veterans. They are top industry leaders with a unique point of view on where growth will come from next. So sit back, relax and enjoy learning from their experience. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast or to follow us on LinkedIn for future episodes. Welcome back to another podcast in our Oliver Growth Series, where we explore the changing nature of business today and where future growth might be coming from. I'm your host, Sharon Whale from Oliver. I'm the CEO of Global Markets and Operations. And today's guest is Pete Markey, Chief Marketing Officer of TSB, or at least he is this week. So Pete is, well, probably for the next, I don't know, five minutes, couple of days, the Chief Marketing Officer at TSB, where he's responsible for brand marketing, uh, analytics, customer communications and digital sales. But Pete has also got a very long and impressive CV. He's held senior leadership roles at Aviva, at the post office, at RSA, at More Than, and earlier in his career, I think at the AA and British Gas, just to name quite a few blue chip brands where Pete has been adding value through his career. And as well as running marketing, Pete is also the executive sponsor of TSB's LGBTQ plus network and has been awarded, uh, I'm told, a number of Marketeer of the Year awards and is a fellow of the Marketing Society of the Chartered Institute of Marketing, and in 2019 was awarded the Diversity Ally Award at the European Diversity Awards. And to top it all, he's also a mentor for the Marketing Academy and for Outstanding and for Solent University. Wow. Welcome, Pete. Great. Thank you. So let's dive straight in. I mean, you know, your CV reads as much as a personal growth story as it does a career journey. How does this very full life of yours help you deliver growth for the companies that you work for? I think you're right. It's been a real journey. And and I started really right on the front line in a call center job at British Gas. I never intended to stay that long. I was a student and I needed money to pay the rent. I wanted to stay in Southampton because my then girlfriend, who's now my wife of 24 years, so um, that did work out, which is good, <laughs> was, which is two years younger than me. If she was staying on in Southampton, I wanted to stay in Southampton to be with her. So I actually turned down quite a plush job in London for a PR firm just to stay in Southampton so I could be with her. And so I, at the time, people thought I was nuts. I did this sort of decision to start this sort of temporary job in British Gas on a contract answering the phones. And um, I kind of fell in love with British Gas. And I, I was able to you know, not just do kind of frontline operations, but run a sales team, run a training team before I then got into marketing. So I've done a degree in marketing, but I, you know, I, I'll be honest and say I never set out with a, a big marketing master plan. I was more interested in PR and journalism or, or radio at the time, really. 
So I think you know what's helped me is that sort of grounding in operations and working directly in, in a business that was helping customers. And then the first marketing job I did in British Gas was actually analytics. So I started off by looking at the impact of marketing, what it did, how it performed and why it worked before I even got my hands dirty on any campaign activity. And so actually the foundations of my career have been about customer and about performance and ROI and making things work. And I've always been interested in why things work or maybe why things don't work. So both those things have been quite foundational, really, I think, throughout you know all the other businesses you've mentioned I've worked in. Those lessons have stayed with me even, even all these years later. Do you feel, I mean, I think we may be similar ages. Do you feel like, you know, we've come full circle somewhat? You know, I started off in direct marketing a long time ago and everything was about control groups and A-B testing and test and learn and measure what you do and improve it. And it was very much seen as the poor relation back then, but it seems to be very much at the centre of the marketing universe now. Yeah, very much so. I remember at the time I was in British Gas, I moved from a brand role into a direct marketing role. And I remember people looking at me strangely like, why have you done that? Because the brand team was the team to be in because they were doing shoots in South Africa and amazing creative work. And I I have to caveat, I never made a shoot in South Africa. I I did make one British Gas ad shoot in a a warehouse in Croydon, but I never made it to the South (laughs) Africa shoot. But brand was where you wanted to be because it was where all the high profile work was. But actually... Direct marketing is where the science, the data, the customer engagement was at the time really happening. And I think you swing, as you say, full circle back to where we are now. Actually, the, the, the teams and the, you know, that are most in demand that I'm seeing in businesses now are those that not knocking brand. I think brand is massively important still. But you're seeing this huge emphasis on particularly first-party data, programmatic media buying, you know, digital uh, you know, targeted activity that, that's got a d- very demonstrable ROI. And, and actually, there's things you can now do with data that, that you and I would have dreamed of doing, you know, in, in this kind of mid to late 1990s or whatever. And so um, I think it's a really exciting time to work in marketing. And that's just one of a number of reasons why it is, because of what you can now do, the potential of what you can now do, are things that, you know, as you're hinting at, we would have dreamed of years ago. Just a, a slight aside, you know, clearly you have a very strong stance on diversity, How do you think that influences or should be influencing the marketing that we do for brands, but also the creativity, understanding our audiences and being able to deliver, you know, amazing brand experiences for very diverse audiences? How do you bring those two together? So I think as a leader in any business now, you've got to put inclusion front and center. You know, people should feel free to be themselves at work every day. And I feel that particularly for members of the LGBT community. And, and I, I reached a point where um, I was asked to be the ally for LGBT, an executive ally when I was at Aviva. And I've done the same thing at TSB the last uh, three and a half years. And um, I've learned so much because I think often as leaders, we find ourselves rightly or wrongly in a sort of slight position of ignorance of not knowing. And I remember a key moment for me when I was at Aviva is going to a dinner about transgender. It was actually at Lloyd's Bank at the time when I was at Aviva. You know, and I walked into that room with some knowledge, walked out with a lot more, but walked away knowing I needed to know more. I think for me that the journey as a leader on diversity and inclusion is being open to listening and understanding that other people's life stories and journeys are different to your own and understanding the journey people are on and, and seeing life and seeing the world through their eyes. And I think it's so important to keep opening yourself up. And we've all found that particularly during the last 12 months with, with Black Lives Matter and, and more is that actually, you know, you need to listen, you need to view the world through other people's eyes. So, so then when you look at that from a customer perspective, 
you know, I, I want the brands that I work for to serve and look out for and look after the rich tapestry of brilliant people that are right across the UK. You know, you know brands like TSB are there to represent the UK. We're a business based in the UK. We serve a whole range of communities. So I want our advertising to reflect that. I want our stance. I want our tone of voice. I want the energy of the brand to reflect that more and more. And a lot of that energy has to come from getting your house in order internally. So we've done a lot at TSB to really you know, advance our inclusion agenda with really positive, meaningful action and change. So the LGBT network, for example, the membership of that's increased fivefold in the last two years. And that's because of a really considered effort of, of energy and engagement that we've done, including some big activity both inside and outside the business. And that's overflowed into our marketing communications in a, in a really big way as well. Yeah, no, incredible. I couldn't agree more. And we have a very strong stance and program ourselves, at Oliver, on inclusion, equality and diversity. And I think having the full range of voices in the room when you're developing strategies and work for clients is incredibly important. It will give us, you know, ultimately much better work and better performing work and work that resonates to the most diverse group. So I couldn't agree more. I think moving on to your current role, but I know that you are transitioning from TSB to Boots, and we will come on to that in just a minute. But before we do so, I think, you know, you've worked at a number of financial services brands. I mean, TSB themselves, Aviva, that you've mentioned I think you worked at more than and I think I could probably even include the post office and the AA under financial services more broadly so you know what do you see as the key challenges facing financial services banking and insurance businesses today you know what's the role of the CMO and the marketing teams in delivering against the challenges that these brands face in the market I think there's a real challenge around differentiation between a number of these brands now. And I think if I take insurance as a good example, when I worked on More Than, and More Than, a great brand to work on, Challenger brand, was five years old when I came into it. And we did a lot to advance that Challenger agenda. If I look at More Than now, More Than doesn't really advertise. I think most people would struggle to identify what makes More Than different. More Than's become another one of a series of logos on a price comparison website. And if you look at remember East Shore, Sheila's Wheels, you know all these names that, that actually had some degree of differentiation, even if it was just at a very superficial level through quirky advertising, have now become almost relegated to logos on a website. There aren't many insurers that advertise. I mean, you'd you, you pretty you'd be hard-pressed if you took Admiral LV, and obviously Direct Line for me are absolutely the gold standard with what they do. There's not much to, to sort of separate these brands. It was a big theme of what I, I was able to work on at Aviva is, actually, how do we provide something that is really meaningful and different to customers? that actually really demonstrates what Aviva is about. And the same thing at More Than, because otherwise everything's quite vanilla and then it does all become about price. And I think, you know, there's a degree when your banking could become that way too. I mean, it's one of the things consciously at TSB is, you know, we've been on price comparison websites, but we've wanted to strike the balance where I think there's an absolutely vital role and I'm a big fan of those sites. But I do think you have to strike a balance of, using those platforms, but also investing in your own brand to give your own brand identity and meaning so that when someone's making a choice on a, on a, on a platform you know, like Money Supermarket, they're making it through the lens of, yes, the, the price and the offer, but what they know about your brand and what your brand's about. Uh, so I, I do think there's a real battleground on for real clear water between brands, really clear differentiation. Because actually, if you look at most banks now, that you know, if I look at the trust scores through the pandemic over the last year, a lot of the scores have risen for the industry. The industry's done really good work for customers in a really difficult time. If I look at things like bounce back loans, repayment holidays, and so on, 
you know, I can talk, please, I won't talk for hours, but I could talk for hours about what TSB have done, but equally, <laughs> there are things the industry have done that have been really good. And coming out of this, if the banking sector is perceived better because of its response, what then separates these brands? Most of these brands have a very clear sense of purpose, a very clear sense of their corporate social responsibility agenda and what they're trying to do to you know, help the wider community and help businesses and so on. But there isn't much to split the difference between some brands now. And I think for me as a marketeer, I look at it as, as a real challenge on differentiation and cut through in the future to go, what are these brands going to stand for that avoid some all sort of kind of morphing into one sort of big blob of a bank or FS, you know, entity that, that you know, that doesn't have that. And again, I point to brands, I think like Direct Line in the insurance sector, who've done, I think, a really great job of calling out the hallmarks of, you know, what makes Direct Line different, what they do the service they provide, you know, and then using clever advertising to really push those points home. And I think, as I say, that for me sets a really high benchmark. And it's certainly something, you know, the latest work we've just put out from TSB with David Schwimmer and Life Made More has been deliberately designed to provide that level of cut through, but also pulling out really clear proof points and evidence of things uniquely that TSB do, as opposed to making generic statements about the industry, which I think it would be self-defeating. Yeah. So, you know, I have to ask, so what was it like working with David Schwimmer? He was brilliant. We first engaged with him, I mean, it was over a year ago now. We were originally going to film around April, May time, but because of the pandemic, obviously couldn't, and actually filmed October last year when lockdown was being eased, and we, we filmed it in a socially distant way. And uh, he's been great to work with from all the early engagements. He was really invested in the project. He was involved in the script writing worked a lot with the director and on set was just absolutely wonderful to work with. First of all, a really nice guy, someone you can easily talk to, very friendly, very approachable, and someone that really cared about the project. And I remember the last evening he was with us, he came up to me just before he was leaving and said, look, if you need anything else, you need me to re-record any voiceovers, any bits you need, just give me a shout. And, and there was just this sense throughout the whole thing, you know, and he kept coming over between takes to go, how was that, guys? How, and just... I've worked with other celebrities before. I've had all good experiences with them all. But the thing that really stood out for David was just how invested he was in the project. You know, this wasn't just another gig for him. This was something he wanted what went out to be outstanding. You know, And when you've got someone invested in that way, the work has to be outstanding because we all want it to be outstanding. So no, I, I'm happy to report for any fans of David Schwimmer out there. He's a lovely, lovely guy. And I'm um, very happy to sing his praises. Great guy. <laughs> so before we move off of financial services, let's just play a quick version of Snog, Marry and Avoid, although um, you'll be pleased to hear I've renamed it Throw Out, Keep or Innovate. So if you had a blank piece of paper and you were starting a financial services brand of some kind today, you know, what would you keep? What would be the best things that you'd keep of uh, financial services brands today? What would you throw out and start again? And what might you innovate? So I think I look at most FS brands today that there's been this real shift since the what was called the banking crisis since, was it 2010? I think there's a bigger customer focus than ever before in financial services, particularly banking. So I would keep that, the focus on the end customer and how you are adding value to their everyday lives. I would 100% keep and I'd dial it up massively. You know, I think people years ago, 10 years ago, might have felt their bank treated them more of a, as a number than a person. I think a lot of that's changing. So I would keep that and double down on it. Moving on to boots. So firstly, congratulations. 
Um, Thank you. Secondly, like Jesus, that's a big job, Pete, that you've taken on, I think. So I think I would start with what scares you most or what challenges you most about this role? I mean, I know you're not on the inside yet, but you're known for taking on challenges and, and wanting to do really amazing things with them. So what scares you most or what challenges you most about this new role? I think for me, the challenge with the role, and it's the same in any brand I've worked in, that the majority of brands I've worked in, as you highlighted, are brands that are well-known. I did work for a telecoms company years ago that was less well-known, it was more of a disruptor. And I have worked within businesses on smaller sort of startups within businesses. But when you work on a brand like Boots or, I'd argue, Post Office, TSB, Aviva even, these are quite established entities. So the thing you're picking up, the challenge you're picking up is, is you're sort of on the shoulders of giants, is that there are great things that have been done in the past to get a brand to a certain stage, a business to a certain stage. So the challenge is to take it on, to move it forwards and to what I call bottle the magic. So often, yeah, I've seen some marketers arrive in businesses and sort of the idea is like, well, everything in the past is rubbish and therefore let's move forwards. Now, I've never had that philosophy. Whenever I've walked into any business, there are brilliant people and brilliant things that are being done. Equally, there are things you need to challenge and change. It's sort of an equal measure. And certainly that was was true in TSB, it was true at Aviva. So for me... The challenge is bottling the magic of what makes Boots special, some of the great work that's been done in the past and is being done now, but then taking it forwards in a brave direction that fits directly with, there's a very exciting business strategy and transformation plan underway, including investment in data and wider, which we, we can come on and talk about. The challenge is delivering that. And also, I think for me, just shifting between brands. I mean, there are there are similarities between TSB and Boots, but quite important differences. You know, retail banking is not retail. TSB has done an amazing job in response to the pandemic and keeping branches open and so on. Yeah, but I'm joining a business that is involved in the vaccination program. So yeah, there's a gear shift there of, of kind of response of two businesses on the front line doing vital work, but quite different areas of vital work that for me will be exciting and challenging to get involved in that side of the business as well. So um, so no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, really looking forward to it. I think it's interesting the way that you, you know, I think many people wouldn't you know, if you ask them to talk about frontline businesses, particularly during the COVID pandemic, people might not necessarily name banking or even boots as necessarily frontline work, but it really is. And it's interesting that you've positioned it in that way. You know, I always think of boots being open, <laughs> which is yeah. which is what I quite like, is there is actually somewhere you can go and buy things that isn't closed. But, you know, I like the way that you are positioning, you know, those as frontline, really, truly valued services and brands. And I think that leads on to an interesting point about the value of brands and the purpose of brands going forwards. And Boots has got quite a diverse portfolio. Currently, you know, they're a very, very needed service in many ways. But what do you see the role of brand for Boots being going forwards and maybe their purpose in life? I think you're right. Boots has so many facets to what it does. And so you've got the health and beauty, you've got the pharmacy side, you've got the opticians. But unifying that as a sense of Boots helping people live healthier, happier lives. I think that's a really important unifying thread. And if you look at what we've all been through, and look, golly, it's been a really challenging year for so many people, isn't it? So many of us have had a challenging year. And I think our sense of awareness of health and well-being from all the, the research information I've seen has only accelerated through the last year because we've become more aware of, and maybe we've become, I don't know, speaking for myself, I've certainly become more aware of feeling vulnerable, whereas maybe a year ago I would have felt less vulnerable. And I think a brand like Boots, 
first of all, there's huge, amazing history and legacy and expertise in this whole area. But also, you know, as we come out of lockdown, as we get back to whatever, you know, I don't, don't want to use the words new normal, whatever that we emerge into, I think Boots is in a really positive position to help people with their health and well-being and their lives more than ever because we, we need brands like Boots to, to be there. You know, first of all, we you know that the high street will look and feel quite different, won't it? Um, you know, we've lost brands like Debenhams and so on, which is very, very sad. And also, our lives will feel different, and we'll want trusted brands, and we'll want people we can trust. And Boots, you know, for me, is the only brand that unifies those threads together, and the opportunities to do that both physically and digitally really powerfully, which is for me part of what the excitement is walking into Boots. Yeah, I think you're right. There's much to be done. I mean, if you kind of broaden out your thought process around broader marketing trends and themes, particularly not just in 2021, but maybe over the next kind of five or so years, you know, there's a lot we talk about in terms of the personalized shopping experience, the use of first party data and data in general to create those audience of one experiences, the role of bricks and mortar in terms of driving customer experiences, you know, the role of brand going forward, and also how you construct your marketing ecosystem. You know, what are your top focuses for 2021? I mean, obviously, they will be boots focused, but what's your kind of big top tips and focuses for 2021 and beyond in terms of sort of, you know, marketing themes and and future proofing? Yeah, it's interesting that there are quite a few parallels between the strategies for TSB and for Boots, really, in terms of areas of focus. So starting in no particular order, I mean, that this focus on the customer experience is more important than ever. So as a marketeer getting involved in the, ensuring that the, the service and product proposition aligns to your purpose, and actually particularly in digital, is just seamless and, and easy and as hassle-free and frictionless is what we used to call it at, at Aviva. So I think that would be my, one of my top three. Next, I think that the sense of brand, I think, is really important of what your brand stands for and what difference your brand drives in people's lives, I think, is more important than ever as well. And then probably the final one for me, I think, would be the whole piece around data and deepening customer relationships is so important now more than ever. You know, Both uh, TSB and uh, Boots are investing in um, elements of Adobe's uh, marketing cloud. Yeah, which gives great abilities to use things like real-time data to connect better with customers and make those moments more meaningful. So that connects my first point on customer experience. I think you've got your know, customer experience getting that right, using data to help get it right, and data to drive relationships and connect it, and over the top having a really strong brand. Yeah, and where I've seen these things sort of fall apart before is where a business does the two elements I just described. Often they then forget about the brand and go, "We've got all this amazing data and digital, off we go," and then the brand loses sort of cohesion or investment. So where I've seen businesses really succeed is where they do both those things and then really look at the brand and support the brand, whether it's through more heavily targeted brand activity or broadcast activity, the brand remains important. Investing in the brand uh, remains key. And I think for me, those are the three main threads I'm seeing in in marketing. So, So the CMO job becomes what I describe as part artist, so very heavily, you know, understand the creative element, part scientist, so understand the data, the nuts and bolts, the analytics, and part politician or statesman, and by that I mean that you're representing the function of marketing and you're promoting it within the business. So often, I think you know, we as CMOs can get so focused on the end customer, which is obviously critical, but forget to, to tell the narrative of what marketing is doing within the, you know, for the business and within the business. So you know, one of the big things I invested in at TSB is having a very clear narrative for marketing. Why does marketing exist? What are we doing? Where are we going? How are we transforming? You know, what are the things you'll see us do towards that transformation journey? 
that's so important for a team like marketing. You know, so so at any point, I remember each of the exec updates and board updates I gave at TSB, the first page was always let me remind you of our narrative and journey and what we're doing. You know, we're relaunching the brand, right? That was one of six things. I'm going to show you the, the list of the six again, but I'm only going to talk to you about one of them today and off we go. Those things are really important and often get forgotten. So, um, yeah, hopefully those underpin the key themes uh, I've mentioned already. So, Pete, we're coming to the end of our time together. So as an artist, a scientist and a politician, I love that, I'm going to use that again. But as an artist, a scientist and a politician, what would be your biggest hope for 2021? So my big hope for 2021 is that it's a year of opportunity. As we come out of lockdown and we emerge into a new landscape, that there's opportunity both for existing brands that have put the customer first and have really invested in that customer experience and what they're about, but also that new opportunities emerge, you know, and, um, you know, I, I live near Gatwick and, you know, this is an area that's been hit hard with travel, you know, not running at the moment. Usually overhead, I'd be hearing lots of airplanes and it's very quiet at the moment for obvious reasons. And my hope is that as we emerge, that new opportunities you know, spring up and new businesses and opportunities emerge for you know, new brands to either disrupt existing sectors or to you know, create opportunities for everyone. Yeah. I think one, one of the things we're great at as human beings is, is innovating when times are hard. And I, you know, I know in Oliver, you've done an amazing job with what you've done over the last year. I can point to some things at TSB that I would have thought a year ago were unheard of, you know, making TV ads in, you know, from brief to going live in less than two and a half weeks, you know, launching a live chat facility on our website in, in under a month, you know, things a year ago you, you would, would have been unheard of. So we can innovate when we need to. So my hope is it's a year of opportunity, a year of innovation. And the last uh, you know, 10 months has given me hope that we will see that. Amazing. Pete, not that you need it, but good luck in your new role. I'm sure that you will do an outstanding job as you always do. Thank you for spending the last half an hour talking to me and hopefully to our listeners. And if there's anything you'd like to leave us with as a message, please do so. And then we will sign off. Well, thanks for having me on the podcast today, Sharon. I mean, I, I would just encourage anyone listening, if you, particularly if you're from a marketing background, to focus on those points I've mentioned, particularly around the customer and making sure your brand is really, uh, you know, uh, tuned in to what your customers want and need. I mean, we've seen such a shift in in what matters to consumers, you know, since the first lockdown. And I think those brands that win will be the ones that are really tuned in and listening and really listening to what matters. The other bit is thinking through partnerships, who you're working with to make your brand successful. I mean, we work with some brilliant agencies at TSB from McCann to Seven Stars to, to the Oliver team. And I think those partnerships really help you when you're being tested and when, you, you're, you know, when you're facing challenging situations. And our agency partners have been amazing over the last last year. So, so yeah, put, you know, put the customer center stage, listen more than ever and think smartly about who you partner with to succeed. Amazing. Pete Markey, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Oliver's Growth 2021 series. We'd love to hear your opinions or pass on any questions to our guests. Please reach out to us via our LinkedIn page at Oliver. Alternatively, you can read more about our work or contact us via our website, oliver.agency. We hope you can join us next time.